This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 542. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 542. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. Hope that you're doing well, enjoying spring. We're rapidly approaching summer. Vinny's counting down the days to summer, and we're in an argument about what day summer really starts. Does summer start on the day of summer solstice, June 21st, or does summer start on the last day of school, which for us is June 11th? Vinny and I disagree on this because he thinks that summer starts on June 11th. And I think it starts on June 21st. But also when I was a kid, it was the last day of school. That's when summer started, right? And I will tell you the reason we're counting down till the end of school, till summer starts, by his definition of the start of summer, is because he told me today, mom, then I can play video games for like five hours a day and not have to do any labor. Yes, that's what he said. He thinks that school is quote unquote labor and he's done with it. And he wants to play video games for five hours a day. So I was like, yeah, so actually, you're not playing video games for five hours a day. And you're still going to have to read every day and maybe do some other things too. And 
he was not happy. I mean, the conversation started out as all this excitement about summer, and then it just evolved really quickly for him. I ruined all of his dreams. Let's be honest. I ruined all of his dreams. And then I told him, I was like, yeah, and like some of the days you're going to be in summer camp programs and like, amen, we're in Seattle where you have some great summer camp options. And he was like, oh, wait, what? But, you know, I mean, summer camp is fun, right? Summer camp is going to be super fun for him. Like this kid doesn't know. He doesn't know how great he has it. Summer camp was not even a thing when I was growing up unless you went to sleepaway camp for like a week out of the summer. But like you didn't do a different camp every week during the summer. You just stayed home and did nothing. I don't even know what I did. I think I watched The Young and the Restless. I mean, that was at least that was part of it. So Yes, our kids, I mean, our kids have have it so good. Even if they do have to do some quote unquote labor <laughs> around the house or with their learning or whatever the case may be. So I hope that you are just anticipating summer and have some fun things on the agenda. We are doing some fun things this summer, which are still like, we're still living kind of in our COVID bubble. We're not doing any big travel or anything, but it just feels like there's some permission to do some of the things we couldn't do last summer and also plan for like, we're just planning well in advance, like knowing that these are the things we want to do that we feel like we can do safely that feel comfortable. We got them on the books early on. And it just feels good to have things to look forward to. That just feels really, really good. I feel like we haven't had that in a long time, or we felt like it's just felt uncertain in terms of like what kind of fun you could plan for. So that's where we're at. And today we're going to talk about boundaries, which I'm super excited about. So and I would highly encourage you as you think about summer and what's on the horizon for you, what are your boundaries going to be this summer? I know kind of from season to season, it can be really important to recognize what do you need each season? And I've talked about this with the holidays. I've talked about it with summer. I've talked about it with COVID to like have conversations with your partner to say, hey, this is what I need for this upcoming season, phase, whatever to feel good and to feel successful and for me to get my needs met and to have those conversations early on so that everyone gets what they want out of a specific season. I think that sometimes we forget to do that or it's just not on our radar. We don't even think to do it. And then we end up not getting our needs met and we get end up being resentful, regretful, frustrated. It can take a toll on our marriage. It can take a toll on parenting. It can take a toll on just all the ways that we show up in the world. And so this is a really great time to kind of be thinking about boundaries, what you want that to look like for yourself, for your family, as we kind of shoulder this season right now around, you know, spring into summer shifting things with school. A lot of us are shifting things based on COVID. And as that is shifting as well, and kind of restrictions, depending on where you live, restrictions and vaccinations and all that stuff is just it's there's a lot of shifting going on, right? So I want to talk about three simple ways to build brave boundaries today. And I'm excited about this because I think that a lot of us have a sense that we want better boundaries. We have a sense that we want to be able to ask for the things that we need and say the things that we think, but it all can feel really uncomfortable. We're so culturally conditioned to be people pleasers and to put everyone else's needs first and to kind of quiet ourselves when we have needs, to either dismiss our own needs or to meet our needs in a way that like doesn't ever make other people uncomfortable or inconvenience other people in any way. And what's so interesting and ironic about that is how we will bend over backwards and let ourselves be inconvenienced over and over and over to make space for other people's needs and to make sure that other people are comfortable and to make sure that other people, even if they're being really gross sometimes, that we don't make them uncomfortable or that we don't call them out or that we don't you know, do anything that would 
jeopardize that relationship or make anything unsteady or unstable. And that comes at our own expense. In so many situations, it comes at the expense of our mental health. It comes at the expense of our own energy and well-being in so many ways. And and I want better for you. I want you to have the space and the tools to build brave boundaries and feel really good about it. And I'll acknowledge that it can be uncomfortable and it can be scary. And so sometimes we think about having better boundaries, but we don't act in order to get better boundaries because it does feel big and scary. And it's just easier to think like, oh, next time, like next time something's uncomfortable, I'll address it then, I'll deal with it then. But like for today, I'm going to be just a little more passive than I want to be. And I don't want that for you. I want you to feel like you can start building better boundaries today and start being brave in new ways today. And this can be an ongoing process that starts with small steps. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, It's very digestible, and the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. And they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners 
listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. We're going to talk through three different ways that you can build brave boundaries. And these three different ways, they're all really, really different. They're all will give you the opportunity to practice boundaries in different contexts, which I think is really valuable because what we find is that when we practice good boundaries in one area of our life, all of a sudden we feel like we have tools that carry over into other areas of our lives. And so what I mean by that is maybe you have an uncomfortable conversation with your partner And you learn through that conversation kind of how you can show up and how you can say what you need, how you can be a good listener, how you can work together to get to a common goal or to make sure that you both get your needs met. And then at the end of that, you recognize, oh, huh, that went okay. (laughs) And maybe now I could actually have a similar uncomfortable conversation in the workplace. Maybe I could bring something up with my boss that's been hanging over me for a long time. Or maybe I could bring something up with someone else on my team who maybe who's been underperforming, or maybe I've been feeling like they aren't able to show up all the way. And maybe I can go into that conversation in that into that uncomfortable conversation and have figure out what's going on. And so I want to give you these three really different ways and contexts in which you can start to build boundaries so that you can have that opportunity for things to overlap into different areas of your life. So first thing, the first thing I want you to do, the first way to build brave boundaries is to ask your partner, and if you don't have a partner, it might be other people that support you in your life, ask your partner for time or ask for a time trade. And so this actually came up this week. I was in conversation with one of my one-on-one coaching clients, and she was talking about the limitations on her time with building her business. And she has this business that's just really exploded in the last year and a half. But she also had her second child. So she has two very young children. And she feels like she has no time. And this business is exploding, but it feels so incredibly stressful because as the business has grown, her time has not grown. Her availability to show up in the business has not grown. And so it's been like half exciting and then half terrifying and really uncomfortable because it always feels like things just don't get done. And she finds herself often working late at night until like one in the morning working on her business because she's waiting to work on it till after her kids go to bed. And that's not sustainable. And one of the things I always talk with people, talk with my business coaching clients about is like, what is sustainable? It's one thing to be like, okay, like, you know, this one time I'm going to work till 1am or once a year, I have to like do the sprint where my hours are really wild and, you know, different. But on an ongoing basis from week to week, thinking like, oh, I'm going to, you know, stay up until one in the morning to get work done a couple times a week. That's not sustainable. So my suggestion to her was, hey, I know your partner's super supportive. I'm curious how you to negotiate time. And would it make sense for you to say like, hey, when you come home from work, I need, you know, two days a week from four to six, I need to be able to go into my office and close the door or maybe on Saturday mornings from eight to noon. Maybe you take the kids and you have special Saturday daddy time, which is a great bonding experience, by the way, like everybody wins when you have these negotiations with your partner, because it positions your partner to lead in other ways. And it also positions your kids to get quality time with the other parent in in really great ways. And then you get the time that you want. And so I said, like, what do you think that conversation would go would be like if you were to say like, hey, I, I really need this time either a couple evenings a week or on Saturday mornings or whatever. And she's like, oh, my gosh, he would totally go for that. And I said, you could even make it so, and I gave my example, 
I take a writing class every Wednesday night from 5 to 8 p.m. And so when I first told my husband I wanted to do this, and at first it was only for six weeks. And so I was like, okay, it's just for six weeks. But now it's been many months and I'm still doing the writing class. And what it started out with was the negotiation was, hey, I really want to do this. And also like you and Vinny can just have Wednesdays to be like, burgers and fry night and like you guys watch a show or whatever and so like I'm telling you everybody in our house wins on Wednesdays (laughs) it's like winning Wednesdays all around because what happens is I get to go to my writing class for three hours it's all virtual but it's so fun it's just like this outlet for me that I really need and love and it's valuable in so many ways and then Vinny thinks he's hit the dinner jackpot because he's like, oh my gosh, we're getting takeout burgers and fries. And the place they go gives him like, you know, 18 pounds of the greasiest fries you can buy in Seattle. And they, he just loves it, which that's not a dinner that I would go buy for him, by the way. So it's like this totally special treat. And then they watch a show together and it's just something that's different for them. And so they get special bonding time. And Vinny and my husband Vince think that it's like, their special man's night and I'm doing my writing class and everybody wins. So it doesn't feel like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad. No, I don't feel bad. And I will also say if Vinny was two and it was harder on my husband and it didn't feel like a win all around, that's also okay. It's okay for you to say, hey, I need this. And for your partner to be like, oh, wow, like that's going to be, you know, I'm thinking when Vinny was two, if my husband was doing this every Wednesday, it would be chaos and not a lot of fun and he would be negotiating like bath time and bedtime and like all these things that when you have a toddler are just kind of grueling at times and the thing is that's also okay because how many times have I negotiated and navigated these the grueling evening routines right or the grueling morning routines or like whatever the thing is so asking your partner for time is absolutely an appropriate way to set a boundary to say, hey, I really need X, Y, and Z. And here's my suggestion if that feels really uncomfortable for you, if you are not someone who ever speaks up about your needs. Instead of saying, hey, I need this, you could say, I want us to both make sure we're getting what we want or what we need. So here's what would feel really good to me. What would feel really good to you? So would it It would feel really great to me if on like Wednesdays, you took the kids for three hours or on Saturdays, you took the kids first thing in the morning and I got to get up and run errands by myself or go for do a workout on my own or go grab coffee with a girlfriend or whatever the thing might go work at a coffee shop for four hours, like whatever the thing might be. That would feel really good to me. What would feel good to you? Like how about if I had Saturday mornings and maybe you golfed on Sunday afternoons or whatever, and then you both get what you want. So it doesn't need to be just about you asserting your needs while that is completely okay and appropriate. But if that's really uncomfortable for you, you can also say like, well, what do you need? I want to make sure you're also getting what you need. And so challenging yourself to have that conversation in order to get time. And it was so fun at the end of this conversation with my coaching client, she's like, I'm so excited about this. Like I can totally have this conversation. I can get this time and that's going to feel really good. And it's going to be time that I can rely on. Like it's going to be on the schedule. We're both counting on it. So I'm not thinking all week, like, how am I going to squeeze this in on the weekend? Or what night this week am I going to squeeze this in? Or what night this week am I going to stay up late and work? Instead, it's just on the calendar. Everybody knows what to expect. And then we can all breathe a little easier, right? And so asking for time is my first way that I want to ask you to build brave boundaries. Because here's the thing with mom and with times. We are reckless reckless with our time. 
And what I mean by that is that we do not take responsibility for asking what we need for when it comes to time. We let other people manage our time instead of being time managers ourselves. And then we are so exhausted and frustrated and resentful because we've let people take all of our time without giving any consideration to the time that we need for ourselves. And that is reckless and irresponsible because it's not sustainable, because it wears us down and because it ultimately in wearing us down, it erodes our relationships and it erodes our patience in parenting. And that's not okay in the long run. You deserve better. Your partnerships deserve better. Your children deserve better. Like everybody deserves, everyone gets better when you get the time that you need. Okay, so that's number one. Now I'm gonna say, before we move into number two and number three, if you were listening to that conversation about business coaching and wondering like, wait, business coaching, what's that all about? I am offering a workshop on May 11th for business folks, all my business mamas. So if you are a mom who has your own business, or if you're a mom who's starting your own business and you need some support, or you're just curious, like what does Sarah do? And how does that look as Sarah has grown three businesses over 18 years, then come to this workshop. It's completely free. So my workshop is going to be the three essential building blocks you need to grow your business. And during the workshop, I'm going to be talking about the things that I've learned, the good, the bad, the ugly. We'll talk through the three essential building blocks that you need to start and grow a successful business. We'll also talk about three ways to to step into leadership and own your title as CEO. I'm telling you, your business is not going to be successful until you really embrace the fact that you are a CEO now. And what does that mean? What does that look like? And then I'm also going to talk through the three common mistakes that entrepreneurs make that can cost you everything because I don't want you to do these three things. And then at the end, there'll be an invitation to apply for my business and leadership mastermind, which is called Tenacious Mamas. And this is going to be the last time I'll be accepting applications for a round of Tenacious Mamas in 2021. So Tenacious Mamas is a six-month business and leadership mastermind that I run. It's, oh my gosh, it's so phenomenal. And within that six-month program, we have coaching every week. We have a Facebook group where you get access to me. We have a mini retreat that's virtual once during that six months, we are going to have a live retreat in Seattle. Oh my gosh, in November, which I'm dying for. So this is going to be a chance for you to learn about Tenacious Mamas on top of just getting a lot of great content and value that you can immediately put into action with running your own business. So if you want to come to this workshop, like I said, completely free Tuesday, May 11th at 4pm Pacific 7pm Eastern, you can sign up for free by going to shamelessmom.com slash business. That's shamelessmom.com slash business. And come check it out. See what it's all about. It's going to be really fun. It's going to be very low pressure. I'm not like a high pressure person. It's going to be like, here's some great things that you can take and use. And if you want to apply for this program, apply. And if not, I will see you later and love you and adore you. But it's going to give you a chance to kind of be a bit of a fly on the wall to see how I do things and why I do things a certain way after having done this for 18 whole years now. Holy cow. So again, just go to shamelessmom.com slash business to get all signed up for that. And I'll see you on May 11th. Okay, so now let's talk about the second way that you can start to build braver boundaries. So the second way that you can start to build braver boundaries is to engage in uncomfortable conversations. And I'm just going to pause because I know you're all like, no, thank you. (laughs) No, thanks. I'm going to pass on that. No need to engage in uncomfortable conversations. I had to laugh so hard in the Shameless MomCon Collective on the first week of the collective. I had Tiffany Bloom come in and talk. And Tiffany Bloom, she's been on the show twice. If you know who she is or you've listened to either of my interviews with her, she's a force. She is fierce. She has a message. She's not afraid to share it. And she has strong beliefs a lot like me. Like we're similar in a lot of ways. And 
she's going through this conversation. We're talking about gender, race, class, and power. So like, this is a big, heavy conversation, right? She's written a whole book on this, by the way. She's written this book called Pray Tell, and it's about the unsilencing of women. Like, this is big, heavy stuff. And so she's near the end of her talk, and she's like, look, I hate confrontation. I hate uncomfortable conversations. And I was like, wait, excuse me, what? <laughs> like, her whole work is focused around uncomfortable conversations. So here's the thing. I hate uncomfortable conversations, too. I am super assertive, if not aggressive, with my beliefs, as is Tiffany. But that doesn't mean that I love uncomfortable conversations. It means that I have strong opinions and I feel comfortable like shouting them through my microphone when I'm recording in the privacy of my office by myself. Very, very different if I'm having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone or in a group setting where I have a different belief. Sitting around the dinner table with you know relatives that have different beliefs, that is extremely uncomfortable for me. So I want to point out to you that even really assertive people like myself or like Tiffany, who you think just know always what to say when things are uncomfortable or always know how to set boundaries. No, we don't. We really don't. Just like you, we have to practice this and we have to put ourselves in these uncomfortable situations and we have to find ways to gently navigate that in a way that feels authentic to us, that feels true to who we are and who we are becoming and how we want to be showing up in the world. And that takes a lot of practice. It takes conscientious commitment. So here is my suggestion for engaging in uncomfortable conversations. First of all, listen. So I am the kind of person as I'm listening to someone's conversation that I don't agree with, I instead of listening like to make a list of all the reasons they're wrong in my head. And I'm letting you know that because I'm pretty sure you can relate. So as someone's telling me all the reasons that they believe in this, that or the other thing, I'm like, yeah, you're wrong. And here's 37 reasons why. And I'm building that list the whole time they're talking. So I'm not actually fully listening. And then I'm waiting for my chance to be like, let me tell you my list of 37 things that I just came up with while you were talking and I was not listening. So this is my gift, and it's probably yours too, because I think this is very, very common. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. <laughs> well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.
So when we are in these places where there's the opportunity to have an uncomfortable conversation, I want to encourage you to first listen. And then the second thing I want you to say is, thank you so much for sharing that. Like really be authentically thankful that someone told you something that they believe, whether or not you think they're right or wrong. Because typically when someone's sharing their belief, there's either a level of vulnerability or a level of ego. And for you to be able to just say thank you, it's gonna like temper the situation. So if they're being vulnerable and they feel uncomfortable, then they're like, okay, she really listened. Or if they're being egotistical about it, and you say thank you for listening, It's or thank you for sharing that, it still like brings the tone to this neutral place, right? So then you can be on a similar wavelength. So then from there, you can say, thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate you sharing what you think or how you feel. And then you can say, that hasn't really been my experience. So again, really neutral statement, that hasn't really been my experience. And that's a statement I learned from Aaron Brown, who's an activist who I've followed for years. And I love that because this isn't like, well, you're wrong and here's the 37 reasons why. You can just say, oh, that hasn't really been my experience. And then you can say, what I've noticed is X, Y, Z. So then you can start to kind of lean into your observations. So then you're creating that space for the other person's story and beliefs to be true to them because they are true to them. And then you're saying, interesting, thanks for sharing that. That isn't has not been my experience. What I've noticed is something a little bit different. Can I share that with you? And so you're creating a boundary to say like, I'm not gonna be bulldozed by your opinion. I'm gonna stand my ground. I'm gonna engage in this uncomfortable conversation, but I'm gonna do it in a way that is not highly confrontational, that is not fueled by anger, rage, like all the things. And instead, I'm just going to stay really neutral and really like even keeled, level toned, and be in a conversation about that. And the conversation doesn't have to get more heated, like it could get more heated, it might get more heated. But you can also just leave it as like, huh, we've had really different experiences with that. And here's how that's a boundary. Because the boundary is that you are saying, I'm willing to listen to you, but also I'm not going to shift my views. You can't really talk me into anything different than what I already believe. And I'm open to sharing our experiences. I'm open to sharing our beliefs, but I'm not open to being bullied or I'm not open to being convinced otherwise, maybe. I'm only here to have a conversation person to person around like how and why we might think different things. And oh, isn't that interesting that we might think different things based on different life experiences. From there, you also may choose to set a boundary around like, hey, so we think different things about this. And just so you know, in our family or in our household, there's some things that we're not comfortable with. And so I've used this before with relatives. Or I've said like, hey, we think different things about that, and which is totally fine, but I'm not comfortable with my child being exposed to XYZ. I'm not comfortable with my child being exposed to a certain kind of language or a certain belief or a certain, you know, perspective that I think is dangerous. And as a parent, I reserve that right. And so, you know, you can think something different. That's completely fine. I appreciate you sharing that with me. And also beyond that, it's not okay for me for my child to be exposed to this. And so I need to draw a bit of a line there. And I really appreciate you understanding. So you keep that all really neutral. And you can have this understanding that like, yes, we can listen to each other, we can have this conversation about it. And also the boundary for me is that like, my child is not going to be exposed to this or my child is not, you know, this is feels dangerous to be around for my child to be exposed to this or for my child to what have you. You also can say, that, and my mom's really good at this. She's like, 
I love you. I respect you. And also, I'm not going to talk about religion and politics with you. And she doesn't say that to me because we're on the same page. But she says that to other people in her life where she's like, you know, she has friends that she's had for decades and decades. And she's like, I love you. I respect you. And I just don't want to talk about religion or politics with you because there's so many other things we could talk about. And those things are really fun for us to talk about. So that's the boundary there. And that's another great way to build a brave boundary, like super clear, simple. It doesn't have to be this like whole blow up conversation or debating back and forth about who's right and who's wrong and all the systems and what have you. It can just be really clean and simple. So that's my second tip is to engage in those uncomfortable conversations in a way that's neutral and clear. Like Brene Brown says, clear is kind. So just keeping it super clear. And then number three, the third way for you to build brave boundaries is to have a small, simple, clear, small, simple, clear plan each day. Okay, so the reason it's small, simple, and clear is because I am going to assume that like me, you don't have three hours in the morning to design a plan for a perfect day. But you might have five minutes while you're in the shower while you are dropping after you like, I know for me, like I can drop Vinny off at school, we walk and then I'm walking home by myself. And I can in that seven minutes that it takes me formulate a plan. I can sometimes do this while I'm waiting for the coffee to brew. I can do this like, let's be honest, I can do this while I'm pooping. Like, (laughs) you can take three to five minutes and decide for yourself, what are the three things, one to three things. So what are the one to three things I'm going to do today that are going to allow me to set a boundary so that I get what I need out of this day. And I'm going to give you three different examples. And the reason this is so important is because if you don't do this, if you go into every day with no boundaries around what you need to get out of the day, other people will get what they need to get from you out of your day. I want you to get what you need out of your day before other people get what they need out of you for the day. Does that make sense? So If you know what you need to get out of the day, then when people reach out to you to say, hey, I need this and I need this and I need this, you can be like, cool and no. (laughs) Like, I hear that you need that and here's another way you can get that. So if you're talking to your kids, I know for me, Vinny recently had like this assignment that he wanted my help with and I was like, no, right now I need to do this thing. You may sit next to me and do your thing. We are not doing your thing together because you're totally capable to do it on your own. So you can sit in my office and do it, but I'm not doing it with you because As it turned out, that particular day, there was something very specific I needed to get done by a very specific time. And I was not going to give him that time when I needed to get something really specific done. Like that was the task on the list for the day. And I wasn't going to give that up because he needed me to like help him pick what color to color something in on a coloring sheet for this random assignment. Okay. So with that small, simple, clear plan, you are choosing one to three things that you need to get done so that you remember what you need out of your day so that you can set boundaries throughout the day. When you do this, you will be able to clearly delineate then your yeses and your nos for the day. What are you going to say yes to? What are you going to say no to? I will tell you, this is a Wednesday. On Wednesdays, I'm very clear that I do my podcast recording while my husband is out of the house. So my husband is out of the house for an hour doing recess duty, which is like the most adorable thing to me. So he goes and he does recess duty at Vinny's school for an hour. And I will tell you that there are things stacking up in my inbox. I have Marco Polo messages and Voxer messages that I really, really, really want to check. And like one, there's a friend who sent me five Voxer messages this morning and I know what they're about. And it's a conversation I really want to have. And I'm like super excited to connect with her. And also I'm not, I'm saying no to those messages right now because my plan for the day 
what is every Wednesday, the thing that takes the first priority is getting this episode done. And I'm actually going to record two episodes today during this hour that I have with no one else in my house except for Piper because I'm at my best when I get to record with no one else here. So my boundary is that I'm not checking those Voxers. I'm not checking my Marco Polos. I'm not checking my email. I am only doing this thing. I know my yeses and my noes on a Wednesday morning because I have that simple, clear plan, right? Small, simple, clear, one thing. Wednesdays before noon, one thing only, okay? So what if your goal for the day was that you need to have that uncomfortable conversation? Then all of a sudden, 18 emails come in and you're like, nope, The only thing I'm focusing on is scheduling that uncomfortable conversation or going right to that person, right? Okay, what if your goal today was to take one hour to yourself? Then if that's the one small, simple thing that you need to do that day, how are you making that happen? Did you tell everyone in your household? Did you block it on your calendar? Did you schedule to like get out of the house or do the thing, okay? What if your goal today was to complete a work project without interruption? Did you tell other people in your household? Did you block again, block your calendar? Did you move other things? So I do this all the time where I'm like, okay, if I need to complete project X today, then I'm going to move like A, B, C, and D things on my to-do list to tomorrow because I'm only working on project X today. Okay. So have a small, simple, clear plan each day. What are the things that need to happen? One to three things only. This is not an 18 item to-do list. This is one to three things that you make it very clear to you what you were focusing on for that day. And then as a result of that, how are you making, where are you making your yeses and your noes? Okay. Here's the other thing about this. When you do this daily, you build better boundaries across the board all the time. You start to recognize your yeses and your noes much more quickly and easily because you get in this practice of, I know what is most important right now. And so I'm going to let other things go. And that becomes really, really significant in managing your time and making time for yourself, making time for the things that matter most to you down the road. Okay, so those are your three simple ways to build brave boundaries. The first is to ask your partner or another support person for time or trade for time. The second is to engage in uncomfortable conversations in simple, gentle ways that keep it neutral. And the third is to have a small, simple, clear plan each day. Write those words down. Small, simple, clear. Not 18 things, not a million steps. Small, simple, clear. Okay? I hope this was helpful for you. Definitely let me know all your thoughts over on social. You can comment on this episode on uh, Instagram and Facebook. And then if you are a mom in business, please, please get yourself signed up to join me for my business building workshop on May 11th. If you go to shamelessmom.com slash business, you can get signed up for free right away. Super simple. Again, that's shamelessmom.com slash business. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. 
Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows.